0: Anthony Wilson here again with the latest episode of the Mastering Risk Management podcast. By my calculations I think we're up to episode number 13 so thanks for listening to the episodes over time um, and uh, really appreciate you uh, subscribing if you've subscribed already. If you haven't, please do it would be much appreciated. Today I just thought I would take a little time to talk about um, something that I seem to get a lot of communication about, and I'm sure anybody working in risk gets the same. And that's some of the uh, top-ranked list, list reports that come out. You usually get an email um, listing the uh, top risks for 2018 or the, uh, the, uh, um, the worst risks or the things you should be worried about. All those sort of things come through the email. So I just thought I'd have a look at a few and see if there's a way to string together uh, some of the co- some of the common themes from some of those reports. Now, there's many of these come out, as I'm sure you're aware and I'm sure you receive. I thought today I would have a look at um, uh, three particularly that I find uh, are quite useful and um, um, give you a good oversight and, and generally reflective of what's out there in the market. So the first one is uh, a report called Executive Perspectives on Top Risks for 2018. Um, the subtitle, Key Issues Being Discussed in the Boardroom and C-Suite. And this is a report from North Carolina State University um, and Protivity, uh, the consulting firm. So um, quite a good good all-round report. The second one I'll refer to is the World Economic Forum uh, Global Risks Report 2018, which is now coincidentally in its 13th edition as well. So a, a, a much higher level, um, report, macro level report. Um, but again, a good, uh, document to be thinking about the challenges and the risks that are going on, um, more globally. Um, and the other one that I've, uh, followed for a few years now and, um, always like, uh, its, uh, balance is the Alliance Risk Barometer Report. So it, uh, It's uh, been going around for a few years now. I'm not sure how many times they've actually published it, but um, always found it to be a a great report and give good um, overview of what's going on, Um, uh, probably more so from an insurance perspective, but it's a good um, general risk uh, summary. So this is uh, not the be-all and end-all. Obviously, you as risk managers will be looking at specific risks for your organisation as well as the more general risks and some of these risks that we'll talk about and summarise in these reports are going to be more uh, of the strategic or the uh, external ilk but you know we'll certainly have um, ramifications for all organisations in some way or another so certainly uh, worth having a bit of a look at and hopefully adding some value to your own deliberations about what are the risks you need to think about for 2018 now that's calendar year 2018 generally these reports are written rather than financial year so you know we're uh, uh, first of march as i record this episode so we're we're a couple of months in um, and uh, you've probably already thought about these things but i thought it timely just to have another Just reflect on some of these and and check in whether you've you've covered off in those in your your risk deliberations. So I suppose the um, productivity reports, the one I mentioned first up, this is um, a report where the risks that they examine, uh, they split into three areas or three categories and they look at macroeconomic risks So, um, what do they say? Something that is likely to affect the organisation's growth opportunities. They talk about strategic risks um, and they're the challenges that the organisation faces in um, pursuing its strategy and making sure it delivers on its uh, create value and protect value remit. And then there's the operational risks, so the the things that the business needs to do well um, in running its day-to-day operations. So, uh, the way that they come about uh, these uh, risks is basically interview um, lots of people across the globe and this year I think it was something like 728 uh, people across the globe were interviewed and they came up with sort of the top uh, top lists in each of those categories. Now I won't go into uh, all of these um, from each of the three reports or we will be here for a very long time, but I might pick out some of the uh, key ones from each of the reports and uh, I think you'll see a bit of a theme uh, building. So I guess in the productivity report, um, the macroeconomic issues that are worth just highlighting in on uh, are anticipated volatility in global financial markets and with that, the currencies. Uh, And that, obviously, is something that an organisation will find it hard to uh, um, manage or mitigate, but they need to have response strategies, obviously, to those sort of things. So um, we're seeing that sort of daily uh, with global volatility. Also, the other one sort of closely linked to that, or probably even driving that, is uncertainty surrounding political leadership in some of the national and international markets. So... You know, the I don't have to word, mention the word uh, Trump uh, too much to understand that the world's in a bit of upheaval and things that may have been previously taken for granted are now being challenged, and um, you know organisations need to think about the impact that that's going to have on their own operations. Um, a couple of the other ones um, around there is uh, access to capital and uh, liquidity to power growth, and that's challenging for some organisations and whether uh, a similar one uh, and probably for the first time that proactivity is listed it is sustained low fixed interest rates and uh, whether that may have an effect on an organisation's operation so um, you know sustained low interest rates are good for some and and bad for the others like most things so uh, if you're a lending institution then uh, low interest rates obviously mean you're um, Cost fractional fractionalization is is much tougher, so that's a, another thing. Um, strategic issues and and in the strategic issues list is uh, a fairly consistent theme um, in in all of the reports, and that's this whole uh, disruptive environment created by you know. Technology and all these new developments, so whether that's artificial intelligence and machine learning or robotics or, uh, you know, data analytics, big data, all of those sort of things. So there's a uh, disruptive environment driven by these things, but it's not just the fact that it's disruptive, it's the fact that it's rapid, it's coming on quick, and um, organisations who aren't thinking about the speed and the potential impact of these uh, risks potentially face um, quite a challenge. So um, that, that disruption was quite a theme across all of the reports. One other one that um, was really strong in most of the reports was regulatory change. So um, not, not particularly a new risk, uh, one that's ever-present, I suppose, for most organisations is to think about what the regulatory changes um, uh, may be coming down the pipeline how they can, you know, lobby, uh, influence and try and convince regulators and politicians um, about the, the challenges with that regulation and uh, what that does to business outcomes. Um, and then, you know, once they've got better clarity of that, well, how's that going to impact their business on a day-to-day basis in, in the products, services, whatever it is they deliver on a day-to-day basis. So um, one to um, to have a think about, um the obvious other one, probably based on that disruptive one, is is just the amount of change that's coming, you know, will organisations who maybe have been reasonably good at dealing with um crises in the past all of a sudden find themselves overwhelmed with multiple crises at once? And I guess that's a, a challenge in, in a disruptive environment. So you could be dealing with um, you know, a a natural disaster. You could be dealing with uh, an internally generated issue. So you've you've planned to take some actions, and it's uh, you know halfway through the activity, and all of a sudden you've got a you've got a an external crisis to deal with, uh, and and then something else comes up. You know, a technology challenge or a competitor action. So can organisations? Uh, be really resilient um, to multiple challenges at once, not just the, the idea of, of one at a time or or a couple. Um, just moving on to operational risk issues. So there's a couple of things that uh, have mentioned in the productivity report, uh, but, but can be sort of seen and drawn out in the other reports as well. So... Um, Key suppliers is a key is a one that's come up. Um, you know that whether they uh, are stable, whether they are able to manage their supply chain, manage their challenges. Um, you know, can they deliver on the privacy requirements? For instance, if they're handling your data, um, all of those sort of things. So these third-party outsourced relationships or key suppliers in terms of product or service are they uh, where they need to be? Um, in in order for you to deliver on your customer value proposition. Um, those uh, sorts of challenges, I think, affect most organisations nowadays, um, big, big and small. Um, you know, you rely on others to get things done. So uh, that's, that's sort of bubbled to the top of one of the big operational risks this year. Further to that, this whole privacy, identity management, information security, uh, all that sort of stuff, you know, Do you know what data you've got? Have you categorised the data? How are you protecting it? What are the disciplines you've got around it? Uh, All of those sort of things. So, you know, as my Australian listeners will understand, the um, privacy breach uh, legislation took effect on the 23rd of February. So um, there's now a disclosure regime if you have a data breach, and that's um, going to be interesting to see how that unfolds over, over the next little while. But just in general principle, I think everybody's got quite rigid privacy, um, either regulations to abide by or, you know, moral obligations that they need to abide by when handling people's data. So that's one uh, that needs to, needs to be at front of mind. Um, interestingly, one that comes out from the productivity report as well is a resistance to change. And, uh, and from that, that the necessary changes to the business model or the way the organisation operates may be resisted by uh, firstly probably employees but also potentially by customers by suppliers uh, you know there, there can be um, blockers in the road of the, of the necessary change and as we know change is always tough humans don't like change it's not a natural state and it sometimes causes a lot of uh, a lot of problems and i think in this disruptive time we're entering into, the fourth industrial revolution, the digital revolution, uh, you know, whatever label you want to stick on it, um, organisations are going to be challenged to reinvent themselves quite regularly, and um, resistance to change can be, could be quite a significant challenge um, if organisations don't get onto that and... Um, try and make sure that they, they head that off at the pass. In other words, they, they make sure that um, people are on board for the journey. If we just move on now to the World Economic Forum report, um, it's, a, it's a fairly chunky read. I think it's 80 pages long. Um, but it gives you a bit of a view um, of the higher level uh, risks uh, as, as per the World uh, Economic Forum's uh, work in this space, and and uh, one of the uh, pages in there I, I particularly like is um, uh, Figure Five, which is a evolving risk landscape map. So it goes from 2008 right through to 2018, and highlights where uh, the risks have evolved over that period of time. And and the good thing about this is it's it's a, a on a page glance, and it gives you. Uh, the risks broken into economic, environmental, geopolitical, societal or technological. And you know, using that colour code you can see straight away how risks have changed over time whereas 2008 to 2010 in the top five risks in terms of likelihood or the top five risks in terms of impact there wasn't a single risk to do with environmental uh, listed in either of those which is quite staggering. Um, Today, in those two groups, so in other words, 10 risks, uh, there are six of the 10. Um, And naturally, they're repeated. So in terms of likelihood, uh, there is extreme weather events, natural disasters and failure of climate change mitigation. And those three things make it again in terms of the top five risk in terms of impact. So environmental risks are certainly front and centre Um, of the World Economic Forum report. The other two in terms of likelihood, the global risks in terms of likelihood, the other two are cyber attacks and the other one is data fraud or theft. So we've spoken about that um, in the productivity report. Data, cyber theft, uh, all of those sort of things, real critical um, issue for organisations to look out for. And as I said, a bit of a consistent theme through all three reports. Um, in terms of impact, the two other risks are probably a little bit harder for individual organisations to control, um, and, and they are weapons of mass destruction, so hopefully not an organisational uh, organizational issue, more of a, a country issue. Um, and the other one is water crises. So that's probably becoming more real every day. We see in the news of recent times about the situation in Cape Town, and uh, what they're calling D-Day when they turn the water off. So, you know, it, it's certainly going to be a case of this happening more often, I would suggest, rather than less. So uh, it's a societal issue and um, it, it's going to need to be dealt with and it's going to affect uh, organisations. So if yours is one of them, um, it's one to uh, to start to think about. So that's the World Econor- Economic Forum and, uh, and uh, as I said, a great... Uh, summary of um, some of the uh, global risks in that report. Um, the last one I'm going to have a quick uh, walk through or talk through is the Alliance uh, Risk Barometer, and the 2018 reports um, has been quite extensive. They've interviewed uh, 1,911 respondents across 80 countries, so it's quite comprehensive and. Um, it's, a, it's quite a good insight into to what people are thinking uh, as the chief challenges. So um, the, the top risk uh, for um, the Allianz report has come up as business interruption. Now, that's uh, the sixth year in a row that business interruption has come up as the uh, top report. So that could be things like natural catastrophes or fires or, you know, supply chain uh, challenges, anything that uh, basically uh, interrupts the business and stops it from getting on with what it needs to do. So, you know, there's lots of causes, um, but that's the one that that came up most commonly uh, in terms of this report, you know, supply chain disruption, those sort of things where, uh, you know, this can actually you know, grind the business to a halt. And, um, you know, that that was loud and clear, the the top risk it has been for quite a while. The second one on the um, list of the Allianz report was the cyber incidents, Um, and it's on an upward trajectory. So, uh, you know, just from a historical point of view, five years ago it was 15th, now it's second, right? So it's getting a lot of prevalence, and, you know, we're starting to see daily instances of um, hacking events, email phishing, uh, you know, all those sort of things, denial of service tax, all those things that, that make up this cyber uh, incident category. And, you know, there's things happening that businesses need to be aware of. So the, the General Data Protection Regulation uh, in Europe, or GDPR, uh, hits the deck in May 2018. So... A hell of a lot of um, risk in that, in that you know, companies and anyone who does business with with Europe will be uh, touched by this. Uh, face the likelihood of fines and uh, you know other other regulatory actions uh, if they don't manage data breaches in a way that uh, you know, needs to be done. So it's it's not only the data loss, but it's the reputational damage that goes with it. Um, that people need to think about in terms of the risk context. Um, Natural catastrophes was the third on the list and, you know, we've seen plenty of those um, over recent times. um, Earthquakes and and, uh, cyclones and hurricanes, etc. Along with climate change, which is, um, you know, the next issue on the list. So you've, you've got sort of almost a pigeon pair there is climate change changing you know the frequency of natural disasters but they are number uh, three and four on the list so it's um not just climate change in the uh, raw effects that we're seeing but it's also the things that are driving that you know more uh, more urbanization and uh, you know more human growth rate and all of those sort of things so there's um there's there's plenty of risk there um the the other risks that are listed on the Alliance risk barometer include things like market developments, legislation and regulation, which we mentioned in the productivity report, and the uncertainty of that um, certainly causes some concern. And and uh, you know some of the things that are concerning are the reintroduction of protectionist measures by some countries um, to uh, to try and Tilt the uh, the trading table into a, a level position. So uh, you've possibly seen um, where the U.S. has imposed uh, something like a hundred percent or more uh, tariff on Chinese aluminium, uh, accusing it of dumping uh, into the American market. So all these sorts of things are starting to become um, you know real concerns, and and countries become more is- isolationist rather than uh, globalized. Um, the usual concerns around fires, explosions and those building-type uh, claims are still on the list, um, as are things like loss of reputation. Uh, you know, it's number eight on the list this year and it uh, it uh, is happening um, as, a, as a standalone risk sometimes. I mean, I've been of the view uh, for a long time that reputation is probably the consequence of, of another risk, but um, the Alliance report actually less rep, loss of reputation or, more importantly, loss of brand value um, as, as a, a risk that, um, you know, is making it into the top ten list. Um, and in this day and age of social media and, you know, rapid communications, I guess the potential damage can happen before management boards, risk managers can even be aware that, that something's happened. So that's probably why it's it's being treated as a separate risk itself but it's also running up the charts in terms of um the uh the rating. Um number nine on the list is uh political risks and violence. And it's going down the list thankfully, but it's still quite strong. We mentioned earlier the uh, uncertainty around political environments and, and some of the violent acts we've seen around that um that space and um you know that's that's a concern or an ongoing concern. Um, the other one on the list that, that's worth calling out is the new technology. So we mentioned this in, in the productivity report. Uh, it's certainly something where organisations um, are concerned about the impact it's going to have on them, but they should also be looking at, at this risk as an opportunity point of view. So how are they going to leverage this new technology, this changing uh, way of doing business. How are they going to be able to uh, leverage that and get on the front foot um, and and lead the market rather than uh, you know seeing it as a as only a threat and, and trying to defend themselves from it. And particularly challenging when new entrants to market aren't burdened by legacy systems and old processes. They can come in as very agile um, competitors and uh, you know potentially um, take uh, a lot of business very rapidly. Uh, from uh, established players in the market. So I won't go too much more into those details, but I think you can see uh, there's some similarities between all three reports. There's certainly some that are a little different. The World Economic Forum report tends to uh, look at a, a much higher level and, and a global level. Um, and then, you know, you can you can take all of these reports and look at them at uh, through different lenses. So... You know, you can be a, a, a government uh, function, you could be a, a, a large corporate, you could be a, a, an SME, small to medium enterprise. So each each um, business is going to have to look at these things in the context of their own uh, operations or function. So um, I guess the, the key message is, It's not optional not to look at them. You should be thinking about this stuff. You will have very specific risks, obviously, for your own organisation, but it's worth just having a a look at some of these. There are a lot of these lists getting around. Um, What I hope I've done today has helped distill some of the ones you've seen um, or heard about, maybe haven't had time to read through, and and give you a bit of a flavour of how these reports um, are coming together and the messages that they are actually portraying. So I hope you found that useful. Thanks again for tuning in. Uh, As I said, my name's Anthony Wilson. This is the Mastering Risk Management podcast. If you want to find out more, uh, you can go to my website, www.proximityriskassurance.com.au. My mobile phone number is 0404-829-040. And I'd love to have you continue to participate in the podcast if there's things you'd like to hear about if there's people you'd like to hear from please let me know and I'll do my best to try and get those people on the program and uh, have you hear from them uh, directly so thanks again for listening as I said if you haven't subscribed please do I would really appreciate it and I'm hoping you're finding uh, this podcast useful so thanks again for your time it's Anthony Wilson signing off again and we'll see you next time bye